Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. The guest series continues this week as I'm off in the States, you know, minding my own business and racking up yarns for this for this podcast. This week I'm joined by my good friend, fantastic comedian, my opening act on the road, Sydney superstar Rowan Arneal. Rowan, how are you traveling, mate? Yeah, the Sydney superstar is traveling pretty well. You had a full-blown straight face until I hit the word superstar at the end. Well, it's hard when you're like in work clothes in a six-foot by six-foot room to be like, yeah, I'm a fucking superstar. That is true. Yeah. Try not to let the context get in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I'm a superstar. That is what I do. That is who I am. Also, mate, I would agree. Also, yeah, you can't really swing a cat in my bedroom. And you're one of the only guests I would have in here because we're, we're actually boys. Yeah, yeah. But make no mistake, yeah, this is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, you really can't swing a cat in this bedroom. And if I told some of the listeners from some of the more minority cities in this country, you know, I'm talking your, your Perths, your Adelaide, your Hobarts. If I told them what I pay for this genuine human locker I live in, they would be absolutely disgusted. It's the price of living in a world city, though. Here's the thing. When I walk outside, I'm surrounded by other people who are absolutely getting after it. Okay? So, and I'm, I'm out there grinding so hard that I don't have time to sleep anyway. <laughs> I sleep so soundly just being like, oh my God, I live in a world city. Yeah. Uh, there's so many sick events in my city tonight. How good? Feels good. 320 bucks a week feels good. <laughs> feels fucking good. Yeah, but you, I think in Sydney, you can you really, and mate, obviously you, you've got a ponytail. This will fit you to a T you can definitely it's a very easy city to glom on to this struggling artist thing when you're like my rent is too expensive and the arts don't pay anything <laughs> my fucking mum hates me like <laughs> it's real me against the world energy mm. you know yeah just the f- thought of like going to a mechanic is the most frightening thing in the world to you put it this way car rego sends a shutter down my spine like you would not believe my car regos after Christmas. Oh, really? No, I used to do that and I had to stop. I like left my car unregistered during lockdown because I was getting teed up at the end of January, dude. Do Yeah, I'm the end of January. I'm oh. the end of January after just being like, just, <laughs> just willy nilly, I'm a big boy, it's Christmas. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And oh, then yeah. car rego comes. Dude, it's not chill. And you're just searching for shit to put on Facebook Marketplace. I have like nothing left, bro. I have two surfboards left that I could possibly sell and everything else is fucked. Dude, literally. Yeah, you get that six-week period where you think there's no consequences. (laughs) And then you get that thing. You're like, wait, what's a green slip? And you're like, I think that's Latin for consequences, dude. But you've just had such a... I had the nicest Christmas this year and I know like just no consequences. I bought presents for everyone. Did I tell you I bought Chris and Marky... On Christmas Eve, we had a big dinner and I bought Chris and Marky sarongs. Sarongs? Sarongs. They're your, they're your roommates as yeah. well. Sarongs and ketamine. And we just... Sarongs <laughs> and ketamine. And we just walked Clear around, your weekend. And we just walked around, manly, just in nothing but... Sar- Marky wore his sarong for two weeks. Oh, he really? Went to, he went to family Christmas drunk and in a sarong. Oh, I've definitely had a few instances where like December 27, I'm still rocking my Lowe's Christmas party shirt. Mm. And we're into, you know, we're into four business days with that bad boy. I created so much. It's probably all the best art I've ever created was buying Marcus a sarong. Do you think if you're walking around Manly on ketamine, 
it's as good of an experience without the sarong? Or do you think it was the sarong that really... you got to get Fiji in. you got to get Fiji in. It's so much better, man. Once you're wearing a skirt, you're just like, this is the sickest <laughs> thing ever. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and how central is ketamine to Fijian culture? Oh, well, carvers are depressing as well. What so, is carver? It's just like this horrible root potion that um kind of makes you all like chill. And, uh, and, uh. But it's like, it's illegal, isn't it? Well, I think the Garbo's Ale still got on it. Um, fuck, those Fijians at, um, those Fijians at the Garbo's, right? We've come out the gates Fijian heavy. But you actually, <laughs> Rowan can make these jokes as a former Garbo as himself. As a former Garbo. If you, I'd like go back with the truck to get them, um, loveliest cunts in the world. So good. Great save, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. I fucking love Fijians. They love me. I saw Walter the other day on the street and he came up and hugged me. Okay. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. But you have all the mechanics of Fijian. And if the truck breaks down and you can get it back to the depot, you need to go find which storage container they're napping in to get them to fix a truck. And you'll, you'll catch someone napping and they'll be so moody at you. Like no guilt. They're like, what? What could it be? I'm like, well, the truck won't work. Yeah, and this is, dude, I don't know if you know much about this profession, brother, but the truck is central. The truck is super central, man. Like, without the truck, how much... I mean, really, we got two blokes in the truck and the truck itself. You guys are on there pressing buttons to pick up the bins. Oh, we're throwing the bins, mate. We're throwing, throwing the And the there's bins. three per truck if it's a big truck. Oh, really? Three. Two, two loaders throwing bins and then one driver. Don't you just do the claw? Well, there's... Mate, that's a sidearm. Yeah, a sidearm. It's arm. not all sidearm. You can't always be on the sidearm. So, and even the sidearms have people pulling out the bins sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when I put out my bins, I do think of the sidearm. I think, like, I'll, I'll space my bins out. Mm. I, to be fair, I'm probably a little bit more conscientious than the average citizen, especially in the manly area. I think most people just empty their garbage onto the front lawn. There's just loose rubbish everywhere. And we thank you for it, Billy, because it makes an enormous difference. And so, that's, so I'm and spacing my bins out. So you boys come in, bam, sidearm, next, sidearm. And that's why your bin is probably put back where it belongs and not in the next street okay. to get back at you. And that's why there's never probably been a note on your bin calling you a dumb, stupid cunt. Okay. <laughs> so that's. I think there was once, but I think it was unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was written by a woman, not a man. Yeah, also, it wasn't even on bid day. <laughs> But uh, what what are some of the things people... How long were you at Garbo for? In Garbo time, the time I spent there, it feels like a decade, but I think eight months would be a more. Eight months is a... And it was full time. Oh, this was your COVID job though, hey? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So you're such more of a man than me. I went and got a full-time admin job. And you're well, waking up at 4am doing the Garbo. 3.55. Woo! 4.30 starts. You just... Oh, I had to stop because it, it, once you start gigging again, it's like horrific. And then I just spend like the first set, the f start of every set talking shit about how late I am on the lineup and I'm the only cunt that wakes up at 3.55 and it wasn't great for stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P people don't really like it when you sort of take shit out on them that's not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just I'm, I'm beginning to learn. <laughs> yeah. We are... <laughs> I, I fucking knew you were going to do this. When we went to Newcastle, oh, the Newcastle so Comedy Club, me and Rowan were so late. I was headlining. He was on before me. And there was a, a truck that rolled on this bridge that caused us to be so late. Rowan gets up there. First thing out of the gate, he goes, oh, 
keep in mind, no one in the crowd knows Rowan is late or really knows anything about him. Mm. They're just there to have a few laughs, God forbid. Rowan's straight up there and goes, oh, sorry I'm late. This fucking dumb cunt rolled a semi-trailer on the Moody Moody Bridge. I heard he's alive. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> Some woman just, oh, I'm like, yeah, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, you, none of you guys travelled from Sydney. Yeah, the, the crowd is immediately like horrified. But just on this Garbo thing, mate, while we're in the neighbourhood, it's a Garbo term for you. Um, what are some of the things people would do with their bins where you're like, oh, this, this bloke's going to get it? What's, what would I have to do as a civilian with my bins to uh, cause an act of vengeance from my Garbos? So very little for a lot of Garbos. <laughs> an incredible, incredibly small amount. But because I wasn't, it wasn't my career. I wasn't like, I am Garbo, this is life. These people, because um, they like refer to all the people that aren't Garbos as like citizens. Citizens. And, like, like, did bother, like... People will walk up with like stuff. Like I'm all good if we're doing cleanup and someone comes out with some things. People who have been doing it 20 years will just, they call everyone troublemakers and they'll just turn, there'll be like a dad and his kid trying to get rid of like anything so small, a filing cabinet. And they'll just be like, no, no, this you must call it. You must call it through the council. This yep. is not for you. Yeah. But, um, I, I, it is slightly troubling to me that, that garbage men are looking at our population the same as the police officers in the same area. Mate, well, I would. I was in the high-vis for not even that long, and suddenly I'm not like an aggressive guy. Um, so, oh, so do you think... I was arcing do you up. Think, I was arcing up so hard. Oh, really? So you yeah. think being a garbo makes you a cunt? Makes you a righteous man that's doing what's right for the community. Yeah. Mate. It is pretty thankless. It's so thankless. Yeah. And I mean, uh, most of the everyone time, thinks they're making way more money than they are. Like, there is this thing that, oh, Garbo's, dude, make a bit of money. No, nah, I was on 27 an hour. Um, yeah, Jesus. It's not great for a lot of responsibility. Well, but, I mean, it's a pretty necessary job as well. Yeah, so I, my biggest beef was with this guy, and I still, I hold, I said, when I quit this job, I'm going to egg this guy's house every day. <laughs> I haven't done it. Yep. I've moved past it. Oh, isn't that the worst when you move past something? But, oh, now I'm talking, I can't, I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I hated him so much. He would put bricks in his bin. Um, so you can't, you can't put building waste in, mate. You cannot put no, building waste. this isn't waste. Kim Bricky. This is your this local red bin, Kim Bricky. And he lived in a little small rich house that backed onto, you know, underneath like Kangaroo Rock? No. Ivanhoe, and there's this tiny grass area, which he said he was cleaning up. Um, so so that's he's why taken stuff... building waste from his local park yeah, and put yeah. it in his personal red bin. Yeah, and then it's heavy and it's just like, it's just disrespect. When you wake up that early, as soon as you get everything about being a Garbo, it's respect. If someone respects you, it's all good. Dude, someone could put give me $20 and be like, you're doing a great job. And I'd throw in like a ton of asbestos. No one gives a shit. There's no like, like weird like law or like kind of moral compass to it. It's just respect. Are they doing it out of respect? Yeah. And so, because there is this thing, I'll, I'll say as a citizen, mate, mm. I'll, I'll give the citizen's perspective. I wouldn't say like Garbos have like a friendly reputation. I, I would say like most people are scared of them, if anything. Yeah, which is fun for sure. But yeah. this guy wasn't and that pissed me off even yeah, more. Yeah, there was no respect. Because he kept winning. He's like, come on, come on. You didn't take it. I'm like, mate, there's bricks in your bin. I'm not taking your bricks. That's like, that's so disrespectful. Like, I could never... Like, I also, then, is that bad for the truck? Is there like a max weight on this bad boy? There is, but we don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll just go to the tip a bit earlier. It doesn't matter. 
And then Jaden's there. Jaden's getting so angry. And this cocky white dude in a goddamn bathrobe is being like, I'm cleaning up the local park. And I just want to be like, bro, shut the fuck up. Jaden just got out of Bathurst. He'll fucking beat you. Yeah, my, Jaden just put on my, speed dealers and has a rat's tail that's braided. And I'm like, are you seriously giving us this much cheek? Is there are nothing- you seriously giving a, a fucking bloke who's just been out of the slammer <laughs> a bit of grief? Also, this fucking, this white dog, now I'm on the Garbo side, this bloke, you can, he's so rich, he thinks just picking up a few bricks, not even disposing of them, he thinks just the act of moving them 11 metres is, like, charitable. If he gave a fuck, he'd be up the tip himself. He's like, what am I supposed to go to? Go to Cambricky? I'm like, yeah, like everyone else, dog. Go to the tip. Yeah, or... This is not what this is for. Or you just play the local park as it lies, mate. Yeah, I had to point out to him, hey, man, this is a bong spot. I'm sorry to break <laughs> yeah. it to you. This is a bong spot and where teenagers make out. Yeah. Like, this and isn't an oasis for you to have family picnics. 16-year-old birds getting fingered here, dude. Exactly. You back onto a park that is not your land, except that it's a bong spot, except yep. that, that this is a place where I once met a dude on meth and he told me his entire life story. Just accept that. Accept that. Anyway, like a week later, I was driving on that like Wednesday run and they call me. And this is the supervisors for you. They're like, mate, we're getting... Apparently, you're picking on someone... And they say the street. And I'm like, yeah, fuck them. I'm fucking picking on them. And they go, mate, you can't do that. That makes our life harder. And I was pissed off because I took... He was whinging so much, I'd taken the bins. So now I'm like super emasculated. And I hate this So, guy. So you've taken his bins, one for him. Then he's complained on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. So um, anyway, and then I'm driving. And it's like 4.30 in the morning. And I, I'm not a, I shouldn't have been driving trucks. I'm not good at it. And um, so it's already stressful enough. It is stressful. I've driven a couple of trucks and it's it's a lot. And now imagine the guy that's your offsider um, is selling Coke on the run. And on you the need run. to and you need to make massive changes to your run so he can pick up a pound of weed or sell some coke to someone. Okay. So and he's very charismatic and pretty manipulative. And also a former crimp. He's a crimp. Oh, he is a crimp. He's, he's actively engaging yeah, in criminal activities. He's getting like kilos of MD. Kilos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Long jail sentences. Are you worried that this could potentially implicate you? You know, if this guy is, gets done for doing all these drug runs and you are complicit. Um. No, no. I just pretend I'm a dumb white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, drugs. mumble my way out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so I'm like, bro, I'm picking on someone. I fucking hate them. Yep. And they're like, you can't do that, mate. You gotta, you can't pick on them. And I'm like, mate, he's putting bricks in his bin. And they're like, he's what? <laughs> and I'm like, he's putting bricks in his bin. And they go, and did you take the bricks? And I go, no, mate, I took them. I, he just wouldn't stop whinging. He was the most pathetic man I've ever met. And they go, Rowan, if I told you to suck my dick and I was whinging, would you suck my dick? And I was like, no. And he's like, then why are you putting bricks in the fucking truck? Fuck this cunt. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So okay. The supervisors have your back at all times. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm. And they have the most thankless task out of anyone. Cause there's all this, there's all these people. I thought I hated authority. I don't actually hate authority that much. It turns out the people that are garbage men and have been to prison hate authority. So they, what is it about? Oh my god! I'm so sick of people who've been to prison have a huge problem with authority. <laughs> who, who would have thought? Where does it come from, <laughs> dude? So they're just getting. No one's. I was the only guy that picked up the phone calls because I'm like an idiot. Because they know that that's going to be more work. 
Oh, yeah, that's come back to my house. You missed my house. You're doing this. You've got to help this guy out. You've got to help them out on their run. They're not, they're struggling. And one day, Jaden's in another truck and he's like, Can you do these streets for us? And um, we were like, Yeah, no worries, bro. Yeah, we got heaps of time today. We'll do it. We're boys. And then um, we get a call from Joe, who everyone really picked on, who was this kind of fat supervisor that was so stressed out all the time. And the supervisors are on like 65K somehow. Like okay. it's, so, it's not much. So that's the carrot. <laughs> that's the carrot. If you do your time in the truck, you can get behind the desk. So, and they're up so early and he calls us and he goes, mate, why is Jaden calling me, threatening me, saying if they don't do the streets then he's going home and it doesn't matter and he's not doing those fucking streets. And I was like, I don't know. We, we said we do the streets this morning, so I don't know why he's calling you at 10. And he goes, well, what the fuck's going on? And I had to be like, Joe, he has emotional issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you fucking think? You've got to be out, have tougher skin for this. Yeah, we started at Jaden and that's where I'll stop you. <laughs> Jaden <laughs> is unstable. <laughs> and then I get back to the depot. I think it'll be like a laugh. I'm like, oh, mate, how are you getting used to working corporate? Now you're getting yelled at by jailbirds. And he just goes, mate, I don't give a fuck if he's been to jail. If he talks like that again to me, I'll knock him out. And I'm like, oh all right, mate. Okay. Okay, let's all settle down Dude. and just... Have some thicker skin. Dude, that's crazy. Luke Heggie has that great joke where he says, we're living in a day and age now where Jadens are living to full adulthood. (laughs) (laughs) Jadens are thriving in the Garbos. Jaden would push them so far and they'd always just talk about firing Jaden. They were like, we're going to fire him, we're going to fire him. But if you know the run and no one else knows the run and they don't know the run, you're kind of unfireable. So he'd just not rock up. They'd say he'd fire him. He'd be back in two days when they need him for the big day. Uh, I was okay. te- I was telling Jaden leverage. I was telling Jaden I um biggest G. I was telling Jaden that I uh was leaving, and he's like, "What are you talking about? This is the best job I've ever had." <laughs> I'm like, "Mate, oh, Jaden, the sweet symphony. <laughs> yeah, this like, bloke is he a piece of shit or is there more than meets the eye?" Nah, he's a lovely dude. He's a lovely dude. That sometimes you just got to scream it. You just got to threaten your boss and not get fired. So it is the perfect job for him. Oh, dude, I would love that. So good, dude. I got clipped up um because I've been working this warehouse job a couple of days a week. Oh. It's literally horrific. I don't want to get too into it because I'm still there. But uh, uh, oh, I got clipped up this morning. I love this. This is just like this. Is the sort of shit where it's like I just can't wrap my head around this because I just find it so like frustrating just like how managers like treat you in like a casual environment where it's like i got like some five foot four bloke like give me the business and i'm thinking you would never talk to me like this if i wasn't wearing this polo so it was 904 this morning i'm in the kitchen having a glass of water and uh like of the warehouse and my my boss who's also like 21 (laughs) which is like hilarious um he goes he goes oh billy are you starting at 9 30 today he knows i start at nine and I go, what? And he goes, you must be starting at 9.30 today. Like this sort of shit. And I was just like, nah, I started at 9. And he's like, oh, that's weird. I go, yeah, I'm just running a little bit late today. Sorry, mate. And then like, but it's like, I hate that shit. Like, why don't you just come up to me and just talk to me normally about it? Yeah, I love that you made him sit in it and just be oh, like, no, I'm, I started at 9. Yeah. I was yeah, just yeah. slightly late. No. Oh, I can't handle it, dude. But 
Anyway, I don't want to incriminate myself any further because they are paying the bills. Mate, but you uh, are not going to get fired from that warehouse job. No, I got to. I got to go, dude. It's so bad for morale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate cold, and you're suddenly just in a freezer. In a freezer all day, dude. It's been so funny the last few weeks because I was saying to Macca, high highs, low lows for Billy D, because like the tour went really well. That was great. But then, so on the weekend, you and me just be living La Vida Loca, doing shows. You know, having so much fun. And then Monday morning, I'm just back in this freezer going, stacking meat. It's <laughs> too hard of a transition from like just compliment city. I just know. compliment city. Dude, I'm going from people coming up to me like, I drove four hours to see you. And then the next day, like this guy w- refuses to learn my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of like a superstar in like a small def- demographic. It's like, I'm, so- I'm sorry, dude. I know you're technically my supervisor. Are you aware I just sold out 80 seats in Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> that'd be so funny. But um, oh, anyway, mate, it's probably a bit garbo heavy this episode. Yeah, sorry. What about was that. that other job you were doing that was so fucking funny? Oh. You were driving around like famous people. Yeah, you've gone. Uh, you've gone from driving around legitimate garbage. To then driving like human garbage. Other way around. Other way around. Oh, you went the other way. Yeah, yeah. I was um I was driving for this Netflix show that um yeah, so I'd be driving cast and crew around, um, being ignored by Tony Collette, those sorts of things. Tony Collette? Mm, yeah, yeah. What's Tony Collette famous for? She's a big A lister. Um, in my life, being an annoying cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she's famous for in my apartment. That's, that's the kind of traction. That I Tony love. Collette I gets. love hearing about Australian celebrities that are cunts. As long as I'm not like uh, invested in them emotionally, mm. like, and it's so good when they're not cunts. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, some of firstly, them are so le- lovely. For, for, also, I tell you what's funny is like when you meet someone who's a celebrity and they're a cunt, mm. and you go, okay. Whatever, I guess this is what we're doing. This bloke is a fucking weatherman and he's treating me like shit. Mm. That's cool. But then maybe the next week or you know, a few months later, whatever, uh, you meet someone who's way more famous than that last person and they're fucking lovely. Yeah. And you go, oh, dude, if I knew this three weeks mm. ago with that Channel 7 weatherman mm. was asking me to get him like an- another bottle of water or something... You know, like... Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, it pisses me off. There's so many nice ones. And then there's a woman that pouts all day and accuses you of eating Maccas in the car when she's not there. Is that what Tony collected? There was no Maccas. It was a rental. Hang I don't on, know. <laughs> Give me some context. So you're driving around Aussie celeb Tony Collette. And what was the issue? So, because I remember you telling me about this at the time. It was a huge incident. So she got in the car and thought there was like a stench of fried foods. Yeah, I don't know what about my face that makes her think that we're just... It's a, it's a catered set. I'm not buying Craft other Craft services, babe. She refused to go in the car with other people. Sure, I signed an NDA. You had to sign an NDA? You need to sign that before like the interview process. But look, that's, a, that's like the awesome thing about when a celebrity's a cunt is that it's all everyone talks about that oh, dude. has to deal with her. So it's like so sick. Yeah, 100%. But then I... um. I was I was let go from that job, for well I guess not let go. I was more threatened to pay for seventeen thousand dollars of damage that I caused. Oh yeah, yeah. And we then- probably don't want to incriminate you too hard for that one, but <laughs> look, sometimes you hit a corner too fast, and um, you end up riding off a car and crying in the gutter, and that's company car. Well, yeah, not a co- company car would have been better because it would have been under insurance. It was the nurse's car. This lovely lady. Oh, no. Yeah, that I loved very much. And then because 
I had just been in a car accident. She had to be the one to come from set and check that I was okay. Um, so she's kind of like <laughs> making sure I'm okay while still being like, well, to be honest, love, I'm a little bit more fucked than you are. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Rowan's like, oh, I just hit a bump in the road. I've got a headache. She's like, you financially ruined me. <laughs> I, you have destroyed my Subaru Outback. But Netflix ended up buying her a new one. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I stood my ground and was like... Netflix have got loaded pockets, dude. Yeah, it was very hurtful when they were like, well, they're talking about getting you to pay for it. And I was like, well, they can try, but oh, dude. what are you going to take? Also, like, here's the thing. Uh, you can chase me up for maybe a grand or two. If it's my fault, you know what I mean? If we get anything past this, it's kind of like, well, we we're just talking about made up money now, aren't we? What do I owe you, a hundred grand? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'll just It's out the back. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was like. I was like, oh, they want 17 grand? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'd all love 17 grand. <laughs> yeah, Netflix would love another 17 grand. Tony I would Clive love... would probably take another 17 grand. Everyone wants 17 grand, but unfortunately, I can't be the person to give that to anyone. No. So, do you drive around any other celebs on this thing? Uh, David Wenham. He was like in Lord of the Rings and stuff. Which one was he in Lord of the Rings? Because um, I actually enjoy Lord. I of don't Rings. know. He's got. He's like the. He's not the brother. He's like one of the brothers that. Um. He's like kind of. God damn it! I wish I knew. Um. His name. He's like from Aragon's kind of shit. I don't fuck. Oh, he's a white guy. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a white Let me guy. Just Google this. this is he has I'm... an eye patch in um three hundred. Okay. Lovely David guy. David Wenham. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how you spell Wenham. I might may have pronounced his name wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> that was the first time we've ever looked anything up on this podcast. <laughs> I went and to Google, which traditionally has every answer you could ever have. Here's the thing. I don't care about actors, so I like forget all of it. Like, I would tell people that are into it who I drove around and they'd be like so stoked and I'd be like yeah I don't know I don't remember their names yeah god I, there is something about actors they they are annoying I, I had a big rant on the pod the other week because um Toadie from Neighbours was going off about how Neighbours has been stopped and they didn't get enough attention at the Logies what and it's like mate just the 27 years of paid acting work for you was it <laughs> as in sorry I'm, mate was it just the three decades of five day a week acting work do you know how many ugly actors would love three decades of acting work oh my god an mate. ugly actor he also, should be thankful yeah mate 100 percent. also his character was a chubby four out of ten who got to hook up with birds who would normally never touch him and and at the end of that all he's all he's got for us is oh the powerpoint wasn't long enough Jesus Christ. And I find that... Here's the thing. I don't want to harp on about Toadie too much because I... <laughs> I did drag him pretty hard on the pod. <laughs> so funny. But it, it does seem to be a bit of a thing with actors that like, as far as different types of celebrities, they seem to get in their little bubble more than anyone. Mm. Like the fact that they think the Logies matters. I'll fucking stop you right there. Yeah, they don't get humbled enough, maybe. Yeah, they... I don't know. But it's just fucking reading lines. And I can't do it, but whatever. It's, nah, they all, they all kind of are just like annoying theatre kids. Yeah, there's a bit of that. There is definitely a bit of that. But uh, anyway, I had a couple of questions I was going to ask you, Ron. Oh, actually, speaking of actors, dude. What about this? The Rock is playing Black Adam? Or is that the guy? The Rock? The Rock is playing a DC superhero. 
Yeah, what about and you? Are you excited for this? No, you, I'm I'm anti Rock at this point. I think we've seen enough of the Rock. But were you going to watch that movie anyway? No, I'm I'm not into DC at yeah, all. Neither of us are. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> neither of us are. So who gives a shit who's playing it? Here's the thing. I like the idea of DC movies, and that's fine. But I I just am sick of the Rock. Yeah, yeah, it is oversaturation. And also, at what point, like, you can't see the character anymore. You're no. telling me, like, The Rock comes on screen, you're like, oh, of course, it's uh, DC's Black Adam, or whatever his name is. Yeah. And uh, and it's like, no, that's, guys, guys, that's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's so <laughs> obvious it's him. Yeah, I just hate that he's inspirational. That's what I hate about The Rock. Yeah, I know. I don't need to get inspired by that guy. It's and, like, it's it, been pretty meteoric, the, like, the whole time. Yeah, his his biggest like failure was that he did not get drafted into the NFL. Oh my god. And Just was... to be a college athlete. I know. I oh. know. Also, here's the thing. I could go in on the rock with the inspiration. Cause, you know, I've seen uh, you know, Gridan Gang and you know, when he talks, he, he has he does hit a cadence and I don't mind it. Him rapping was probably a bridge too far for me on that Tech Nine song. Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, didn't love it, but I kinda get it. I mean, if I was the rock why wouldn't you think I can rap as well? I know. And also, how much fun would that be? Oh, fuck it. Oh, dude. And on a Tech 9 song. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, I'm back on The Rock. Dude, I'm massively on The Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's my thing with The Rock. If he's going to do all this inspirational stuff, I'm in for it. But I just need him to come out one time and be like, oh, hey, guys, just super quick before I do the motivation stuff. And I'm actually promoting Jumanji 27. By the way, I'm like so jacked because I do like l- quite a bit of steroids, mm. quite a bit of steroids and HGH and uh, chemicals that aren't even available to the public. Mm. Uh, and I have a 24-7 chef and there's a lot going on here, guys. So I, I just don't yeah. want you guys to think that I just went to an anytime fitness a few times a week yeah. and made this happen. I didn't fit this in around a work schedule. Yeah, 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 yeah. A man that I pay woke me up and yelled at me until I did these but things. But it's not even that. Like, I, I don't doubt, like, obviously he does the hard work required but it's like uh you know matthew mcconaughey gets literally jacked out of his mind for magic mike i'm loving that dude matthew mcconaughey is all oiled up it's fantastic (laughs) i'm here questioning my sexuality enjoying a fantastic rom-com but then don't get on the fucking the interview and be like oh i do my bootstraps up one at a time just like any man in this great nation it's like just give us a quick nod to steroids Mm. Mm. You know, fucking... Who's that Indian comedian who got literally jacked out of his mind? Oh, Kamal. Kamal Nanjani. That's such a weird look as well. Dude, dude, we got this guy who was legitimately an out-of-shape nerd beforehand. Like, he had a little belly. Mm. You know, his stand-up was... Whatever, dude. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I was a massive fan. I mean, if that's what you want to do... <laughs> anyway, so he's doing that. And then he literally goes from being like a pot-bellied lefty nerd, which, dude, it's your business, it's your time. Yeah. Keep it on your side of the fence. I'm in for all of that. But then then literally three weeks later, is jacked out of his mind to the point where a normally jacked person is looking at this guy going, how did he do it? And the guy's just in the interview going, yeah, I'd just like to thank my nutritionist. Mm. And it, and he's like, yeah, I'm not actually eating as much meat as everyone thinks. Like, you can do this on a mostly vegan diet. And it's like, oh. it's like I don't doubt the amount of work that went into this. But please, for the love of God, just a quick nod to steroids. To chemicals in general. You can be vague about it. 
You can be super vague. Even just the slightest thing, I would mm. just appreciate. In, just as two people that are incredibly farm strong and yes. would w- would be that jacked if we had the resources, like they would probably more jacked. Well, I just like, uh, yeah, I'll just like, I'll just like. Uh, if anything, I'm feeling sorry for steroids. Yeah, that this that's thing true. works so well at what it's supposed to do, and nobody gets the credit. Do you think there's a steroid dealer in Hollywood? Oh, there'd be like a doctor. Yeah. Guy. That- Watches the Oscars every year being, they'll thank me this year. I really hooked them all up. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, dude, Zac Efron's rig is out of control in some of these films. Dude, um, fucking, what's his name? He's like the most iconic actor of all time, Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. He got jacked. Even he got jacked for bad grandpa or dirty grandpa with Zac Efron. He was like legitimately jacked. He's like a 60-year-old man now as well. I think he's like 73. And also... I'm here for it. Mm. Let's just put the credit where credit's due. Mm. Anyway, I don't want to get too into that. I've clearly got an issue with The Rock. But, uh, <laughs> You've clearly got an issue with people not talking about steroids more. No, I'm just saying, let's, I just have an issue with the lack of transparency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, my... There was this, there was this absolute bong rat that um went to my... Like, years old, like, crazy level stoner. And um, my mates were seshing in his car... Like, um, and they're like, mate, there's, there's a needle in here. There's needles in here. And he's like, oh yeah. Trying to get shredded from festival season. I'm on the juice a little bit. And they're like, what? You're, you're taking steroids. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Just for festival season. And they're like, oh, right. Are you working out much? He goes, oh, a bit of surfing. Bit of seven. You need to work out. He was taking steroids and then just smoking weed and going for a swim. But here's the thing: even he has the decency to be transparent about what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. With of no course. results, a man, <laughs> a man, a man who is seeing zero results from the steroids and really refuses to even participate in the working out that's required. Even he, if anyone could could easily get away with not admitting they're on steroids, mm. it's someone who is not getting the results from said steroids. But these guys turn up literally jacked within an inch of their life with like, they've got like veins in places where veins don't pop up. They've got like veins in their sternum and shit. And they're like, yeah, just hard work. You know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a kid from Iowa at the end of the day. My dad worked in a coal mine. It's like, I don't care if your dad worked in the fucking, in, the, in Mount Doom, shoveling lava for Sauron himself. It has nothing to do with the fact you have a full-blown vein popping out of your chest right now, brother. Mm. I can see your heart beating. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the doctors are real vague about it just to help them out. They're like, this is just a like, little thing. And they don't even know how hard they're on the juice. Well, that's interesting. Nah, they'd fucking know. They'd fucking know, dude. All right, let's get off steroids, anyway, for God's dude. sake. Anyway, dude. Oh, yeah, so uh, well, this next question, man, probably could edit out that whole 10-minute thing about the steroids, <laughs> I think. That could that could definitely go. But, uh, oh, yeah, so Rowan opened for me on every stop of the tour. I was going to say, what was your favorite st- stop? Oh. Because Bri- we had, we had Brisbane stole my heart. Breaking nights out, yeah. Brisbane stole my heart. I loved walking around Brisbane. I loved Brisbane. I lo- I ride so hard for Brisbane. Dude, I, I always have, low-key, but this last trip we had fucking cemented it because everywhere we were on our weekend in Brisbane, 
you were always 10 minutes away from the next place. Mm. There are parts of Sydney where it's like, oh no, we have to cancel that next thing now because yeah. it will take an hour and 40 to get there. Yeah, we were raised in the, the absolute flames and the fire of Sydney. Oh, And dude. you go somewhere else and it's just like, oh, it's like easy mode. This is so chill. It's so I small. Can, I can. I didn't pay for it. I went to the Gold Coast for a gig and didn't pay for a train ticket. I was like, oh, it's Brisbane. What are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are they going to do? When you're from interstate, uh, public transport fines don't exist. They don't exist. I'm barely a real person. I like Brisbane. I like Melbourne. Newey was sick. Newey was super great, yeah. I think Newcastle is like the next... It's the next hidden... I, here's my thing with Newcastle, is I think everyone in Sydney knows how sick it is. Mm-hmm. Like the beaches are unbelievable. Great pubs. Good, just a good city, lot going on, a lot of pride in their sporting teams and and Daniel Johns, etc. But I think people from other states have no idea that Newcastle like fucking rips. How hard it cranks! Yeah, it's got everything good about Sydney with like m- most of the bad shit gone. Most of the bad shit gone. But I will say, if I was to get punched in the face in Sydney, the amount of like the amount of fuckwit I'd have to be is about halved in Newcastle. Mm, yeah. Blokes are a lot itchier in Newcastle to throw hands. It's it's not even the, the Novocastrians. Cunts from the Hunter just get on a minibus and go there. Yeah, plus you got to go brawl. through. Yeah, you got to go through the Central Coast to get there. We got some lads up from Terrigal. As soon as yeah, as soon as the pe- places that it, all those people surrounding Newcastle so dangerous, and then they just have a city where they can be anonymous and it's bigger and they're excited and maybe they're a little bit insecure and they want to fuck you up. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah, Newcastle is a little bit rough. And yeah, there is, I mean, there, yeah, it is like that nightclub we went to, Finnegan's. Oh my God. Remember this? You fuck, you fucked me so hard at Finnegan's. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Finnegan's ruled. You had a great time. Yeah, yeah. I got out of there pretty quickly though. Yeah, fuck it oath you did. So it's me and Rowan and another mate of mine from Newcastle and like his mate who I've never met, we're going into Finnegan's, which if you've never been, just think of like the fucking dingiest, roughest nightclub in Newcastle. Like the fact they they shouldn't even allow you to go in unless you're on narcotics. Yeah, there's three dance floors that are all bad and you just kind of have to rotate between them. Yeah, and dude, so we go in there and I'm thinking, I didn't even want to go in. Like, I, I can't really do clubs anymore unless I'm, like, fucking, you know, treating myself to some light narcotic use. But yeah. but if I just go in there with 10 beers, like, I, honestly, mate, I can't dance. Yeah. And and here's the thing. It's just, like, if you can't hear me, I really struggle to, to work out what value I'm providing to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, the same. Just me hitting the Irish two-step next to you in silence. <laughs> like, it's not great. But, like, if I, like... If I'm proper, you know, if I'm, I'm if I'm, enough, if I'm treated myself a bit, I can get into it. But so we walk into Finnegan's. I'm thinking, oh, I fucking hate this place already. And I'm with Rowan, and Rowan, I swear to God, we've been in this place for upwards of seven seconds. Rowan just walks off with this girl. They're like holding hands, and I go, this guy's a fucking magician. I go, I swear to God, how has he done this? And then you just left me for the rest of the night. I was dancing with my fucking newy mate's friend who I've never met before. 
you were trying and, to drum up clout by was, dating with dancing next to an African guy. Oh yeah, well he mate, I'll tell you what, I've got fucking Irish hips. This bloke didn't. So I've danced with this African guy I've never met, and he's like an unbelievable dancer. And then I'm just hitting the two-step next to him. And I'm just thinking, how the fuck did Rowan meet a chick that quickly in this in this godforsaken hellhole? I, I need two drinks so that I have like something to do with my hand. Unless I'm at if I'm at a wedding, I'll break it down so hard. Oh, dude, I'm oh, no, I'm hitting the dance floor as soon as they open it at a wedding. Mm. It's the club environment. I'm not anti-dance floor at all. So horrific. But you met that girl in the line. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you piece of shit, dude. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Well, good. Well, that was the end of me. I mean, I'm glad you had a good time. Well, you, you slept on our couch. Yeah, God. In one of the more beta moves. <laughs> <laughs> that was the night. Also, also, fuck, dude. This, this was such a fucking... I got so cucked out this night. This is literally unbelievable. So so I paid for the, for the Airbnb. And uh, fuck, these batteries are about to go soon. But uh, I paid for the Airbnb. Pat Doherty slept in it because he wasn't dressed well enough to get into Finnegan's, <laughs> nor did he have any form of identification on him. He but tried to bribe the bouncer with a $50 note. A bribe's a bribe. So then Pat goes back and sleeps in the Airbnb I paid for. By the way, that was the last Airbnb of the tour. I think we made a loss in Newcastle because we stayed in this cunt's shed. It was about $7,000 to stay literally where a car lives. So fucked up. Oh, I hate that terrible they Airbnb. give you one exterior shot to be like, by the way, it's a shed. Wait, yeah, by the way, this is in my backyard. Like, they made it seem like an apartment. Anyway, it was hostels after that, but... Oh, yeah, and then you went off with this bird and then you were like, come back to kick-ons. So I came back to this girl's house. And then, like, they were all just doing caps at, like, 3 a.m. And then, like, there was just nothing going on. And then I slept on her couch. <laughs> Before you slept on the couch, you hadn't been there for long. And you just looked around the table and just go, is anyone here even fucking single? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well... No, because I've spoken to two, two or the three girls who have, like, long-term boyfriends. And I was like, God, I, I, what am I doing here? I, w- I was already a burden on this, on this place. I was like, God... <laughs> I was, and I was like, I'm not going back to this Airbnb. I'll wake Pat up, the piece but, of shit. But bit of clout for us. Mack truck came back, and oh yeah, I yeah. um I didn't know his name. And they're like, aren't you guys mates? And he just goes, oh no, I'm just a fan. But we've met before, mate. And I'm oh, like, oh, so humble of Mack bit truck. Of, bit of bit of clout on tour. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Love that guy. Um, but yeah, dude, I enjoyed I enjoyed Newcastle a lot. Melbourne actually. as well was sick. Melbourne, Melbourne was fucking awesome. Like maybe, I was low-key falling in love with that town. Maybe Australia just rules. I, I think it does rule. <laughs> yeah, I think it just rules. Dude, I had such a fun time in Adelaide, off the record. Yeah, that's <laughs> sick. But like, Adelaide can be fun. Um, oh, yeah, dude. And then this other thing I wanted to bring up is uh, when you ditched me for that warehouse party in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Mate, Shout- mate it, uh, we're seeing a pattern here and it's a lack of loyalty. Mate. If we're on two, if we're in some random city as a two man duo, I'd like to see you put you know put the group ahead of yourself for once, mate. Also, I was pulling things that Billy Darcy would pull himself. If they suited me, <laughs> if they suited both of us, no. Nah, well, you could have caught a vibe with those scat boys and gone to a warehouse party with me. It was financially disastrous for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Shout out to Grossi, um, Jules, and Emma. My fucking scat crew leading me through the night in Melbourne. Fucking Melbourne rules now. Yeah. But was, is there anything more Melbourne than at 10.45 being so high and being like, yeah, I guess I'll go to a warehouse party. Yeah, I love that we were just blazing it with those guys and then they were like, come to this warehouse party. I was like, sick. You guys are cool. I mean, fair play. 
fair play to those guys. They were good blokes. But mate, yeah, two two out of like the five stops you came on, you ditched me. Oh, I'm okay. saying, is there <laughs> yeah. any? Because then I had to go. Oi! So then you left me. I had to go to fucking the Comedy Republic, and I walk in thinking it's just going to be a few of the, my my boys, my fellow lads. You know, no social consequences. I'm literally twelve pints deep. <laughs> grilled out of my mind i walk in the first guy i see is alex dyson the host of triple j and the owner of the venue he's like probably the most important bloke in the room he's like hey billy it's nice to meet you and i'm going fucking hell rowan you piece of shit (laughs) well look anyway man i'm just looking for a little bit more loyalty on the road okay you chose an independent character brother i know i think i I think next tour i'm looking for more of a yes man yeah someone that isn't your mate yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. that will do what you say and i'll just be like oh bailing yeah yeah yeah. i'll be like do you want to get a beer after you're like oh i've Uh, kind of got my own thing going on i don't know this chick kind of offered me drugs yeah (laughs) anyway anyway oh there was one more thing i wanted to ask you what was it um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, you were actually asking me about this before. That gig I did with the Inspired Unemployed. So, I wanted to ask you about this. Because everyone at the gig was so hot and so cool. Like, they have such a cool audience. And usually, stand-up crowds are, like, um, like not really that as no, much. No, no. But, they're like, they're so cool. And, like, the chicks were just so attractive at this thing. It was, like, out of control. Do you think Aussie stand-up will ever become, like, cool? Um, No, never. Really? Oh, it'll become cool in like a old, like more like Newtown way, but never in like a tens on the beach sort of way. Interesting. Only at like the Husey level will those people go see them. I think it could become that cool though. Really? There are American so many bad comedians. Cool. Like, there's like they like go to the cellar and they're like, "Dude, Brad Pitt's in the front row." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Australian celebrities do not go to see Australian comedy um I think yeah 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 I have heard a couple of stories though who's the um see once again I don't give a shit about actors um he was in that avatar Sam Worthington oh yeah mate Duggan met him at the store really yeah he smoked a third of a joint before he came in he told Duggan really <laughs> yeah oh fuck it oath, dude. he was a fan dude Eloise Eftos met um Sophie Monk at the store Damn. And Sophie Monk was like fangirling on Eloise. Damn. She also met Natalie Portman, I think. Oh, Natalie Portman was in town for a bit. Her son, li- uh, like she lives here for a bit. Oh, really? That's Wait, hot. so Natalie Portman was at the comedy store. I think she was in another gig. Fucking oath, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. So I'd maybe like, it's already happened. I'd like a bit more of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a few less 50-year-old couples. Yeah. But I think, yeah, because at the moment, you can either really, Australian stand-up, like there's like a lot of like there's there's the Dave Hughes guys, Dave yeah, yeah. Thornton, Tommy Little, you know, God bless these gentlemen on the side of these buses in Melbourne, <laughs> you know, making a mozza. I'm, you know, I'm sure the 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 fifty to sixty year age group, you know, is is funding their houses, and we all appreciate it. Okay, but I'm saying like, do you ever think stand up comedy will become cool or like even like rele- like relevant in this country in like kind of a mainstream way? I think it might become cool, but it won't become like fashionable. Okay. Like it'll be like, there's like a, it's kind of cool, but it's not like fashionable. Like the kind of women that are going to the inspired unemployed, they're not really interested in us. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know they're not. <laughs> yeah. You, but I'm saying, do you ever think one day they might be? I don't know. So much would have to change socially and culturally. Do bands stop existing? 
Maybe if bands aren't allowed to exist, yeah, then we could be cool for a second. Dude, I remember this one time when we used to run uh, this open mic night called Molotov Comedy years ago. This guy got up on a guitar and he could sing. And he was trying to do like a joke song. Mm. But like there was no real jokes in it. Like it was pretty... I guess it was like an unfunny song. Mm. I'm not like... Not the the biggest musical comedy guy <laughs> out the gate anyway. So he's doing this joke song. God bless him. And there was not really any jokes in it. It was still much more enjoyable than any of the other stand-up that night. Yeah, that's... Just the- hearing someone who can actually sing and rip a bit on the guitar. Everyone just relaxes and enjoys for a second. Yeah, 100%. But you know how like like all the American comedians, they're like... They're like have like celebrities come backstage. They're like, oh, Jared Leto's in the crowd. He wants to meet you. Like uh, fucking... Not Bill Gates. Or maybe it was Bill Gates. Bill Gates was in the crowd at Andrew Schultz's New York show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the... Mate, if Russell Crowe comes to a gig, that would be like a good start. Russell Crowe could do a lot of heavy lifting for the stand-up scene. And just, yeah. He made would... the Rabbitohs cool. And just If you just make it slightly cool and then invite us he back went to your house. He went to see Jim Jeffries the other night. There we go. There we go. So one of us is going to become Jim Jeffries one day and then yeah. we get to meet Rusty, which is what this has all been about. It's, it's right, all been start, about meeting Rusty. From the from my the day of my first open mic, I knew it was my destiny to have a beer with Russell Crowe. Exactly. And Russell Crowe, you can just tell by his rig, he's still keeping it 100. He's not one of these guys who's sober, it's all behind him. You could still get into a bottle of whiskey with that guy and fucking find out what's what. I... If I ever meet Rusty, we are going to drink 36 beers and he's going to outline everything that he lost in the divorce. I already know how it's going to go. It's going to be divorce dad central and it's going to be sick. One thing I want to know as well is, was he in fact rooting Sam Burgess's (laughs) mum? Because there were some times during the Burgess era, the rabbits, where they'd go up to the box, Rusty's there, the Burgess mum is pretty milfy. And I'm not seeing an arm over the shoulder or anything, but they used to come and spend time at like Rusty's ranch because they didn't have any family in Australia. So oh. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, mate, when the boys go to sleep, you know, these big footy players, oh, they're, they're tired from running the football all day. Look, Maybe he- Rusty's throwing a leg over with their mum. <laughs> when we meet Rusty, we'll have to ask him about the dossier, what, what's in the paperwork, how, yeah. who has he rooted? Oh, dude. In fact, dude, I tell you what, I had another question here that said, what Aussie celeb would you want at your show? But it's Rusty. It's Rusty for sure, yeah. It's There's Rusty no one else sure. but Rusty. He dude. could play a couple of characters even. Oh, dude, I'd be up for that 100%. And also, I feel like if you just get the one celeb in, often they'll bring another one. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I met this guy who was hanging out. Um, he wrote into the pod, but he was Ziggy Albert's tour manager. And they were like, oh, Chris Hemsworth is here. Do you want to meet him? And then he walked over, but Matt Damon was there as well. Because <laughs> you get that double up. Because yeah, they yeah, got yeah. famous mates. Yeah, yeah. Because they can only be friends with other famous people. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, it's like only hanging out with people that want to compliment you after a show. Yeah, 100%. Or like, I mean, like I would try to hang with Chris Hemsworth, but what are we going to talk about really? Yeah. Uh, him, I guess. Yeah, massively. <laughs> and failing that, me. <laughs> Maybe if we're both as self-absorbed as each other. Yeah, it could work. He's like, Bill, back to me, please. Yeah. He's like, do you see the new Thor or not? I'm like, I haven't seen it yet, Chris. Yeah. Fuck you, know. Oh, anyway, mate. Thanks yeah. for coming on the pod. This is so fun. Rowan.arneal on Instagram. Mate, you know, is there some comedy clips up there yet, mate? 
One day. One day. <laughs> Rowan's not massive on self-promotion, but... Um, we're, uh, we're working towards it. Oh, we're working towards Mate, it, baby. Through the bong out, that's the first step. Oh, yeah. That's the first step to self-promotion. 100%. This podcast is going to launch you, mate. It's going to launch us both. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fuck it, I did. All right, well, that mate, thanks so much. Yep, ladies. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too long.